Welcome to the Body Beauty Show, a podcast brought to you by Artemis Distribution, the beauty technology company. This podcast is devoted to bringing beauty and wellness business owners insights into the industry, what's changing in it, and what lies ahead. Each one of our guests are beauty professionals ranging from medical doctors to estheticians and anyone in between that serve the everyday beauty consumer in the trenches, helping them look slimmer, toner, and more alive as we all collectively protest the relentless effects of gravity and aging. This is your show if you're looking for expert insights on how you can take your business to the next level from the best in the business. My name is Austin Evans, and I am your host. And today, I'm joined by... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm joined by a very eager dog, uh, of which Delaney, what is your dog's name, by the way? Why don't we start with the more important things here, your dog's name? I've actually got two dogs and a cat um, in a Brooklyn apartment. So my the one that you just heard is Roxy, who's clearly the loudest. And then we also have Theo and Umi as our little cat. Very nice. Full house. Very full house indeed. Awesome. Well, uh, let's get started here. So today, uh, full disclosure, Delaney is our head of training at Artemis Distribution. Uh, I figured she'd be a terrific source for insights on the various products in the space uh, and uh, other things as well, since she is a mad genius, uh, one who... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> continually dives into the trenches of the literature and the like. She's very well read. And so uh, I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you so much. That was such a gracious introduction. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> all I true, live up, all true. Hopefully I'll live up to that intro. Yeah, well, in her part-time, she does work alongside Batman uh, in the trenches fighting uh, <laughs> adipocytes, fat cells, loose skin and the like with the superhero cape uh, on her Saturday, Sunday. Uh, late night exposés. But in any case, why don't we get started with who are you? How did you get into the world of beauty? Uh, maybe give us some context as to your story and then we'll uh, light this thing up. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, as you mentioned, I have been the head of training and development at Artemis here for a little over two years now. Um, and a little bit of background as to how I came into the beauty and sort of wellness space. I, I sort of came into it, as I think many people do, in a little bit of a roundabout way. So my background is actually really in the art and fashion industry. So I originally went to school for photography and, and was working in that field. Um, but as I'm sure, again, many people can relate to, I was struggling a lot with, you know, physical and both physical and mental health issues that were becoming more and more prominent and more and more debilitating. Um, So sort of through that journey to try to heal my body and heal my mind from those debilitating issues, uh, I was able to kind of discover what, what did work and what didn't work. And for me, the conventional route just has never really worked for me. So I started to get really interested. And as you said, I'm kind of the super nerd um, where I got really, really interested in more holistic approaches to healing and wellness, um, which sort of led me to change my career path. I went back to school for health science and through sort of a kismet, I was able to meet Simon. And I was originally the co-manager at our flagship location here in New York, um, CryoFuel. So I got to watch that location open 
Um, that mission really spoke to me because cryofuel for listeners that don't know or who, you know, aren't aware of cryofuel, that place is just this amazing one-stop shop for health, wellness, beauty. Um, and it really does represent that lifestyle um, that I had already become so in integrated in with myself, but also that I really, you know, wanted to share with others. And that was really the goal of that sort of brick and mortar shop. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we discovered CryoSkin kind of haphazardly, um, and we introduced it to our offerings um, in the fall of the year that we opened, which was three years ago now. It's crazy to think about. Um, and then really shortly after Artemis distribution was born, because we saw what an amazing impact CryoSkin had, not only on our revenue, but also on our clients' experience, you know, how they were able to feel so much more empowered and confident in their skin. Um, so there's a really long answer to your very <laughs> basic question. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into the industry. I love it. Stories are always long and the more color, the better in my opinion. So thanks for sharing that. <laughs> that is very, very cool. So it sounds like your story was somewhat similar to what I imagine a lot of the, uh, the beauty business owners specifically I would imagine it's probably similar for a lot of wellness folks and chiropractors in particular who tend to be, uh, from my experience, fairly altruistic and motivated, not by money so much as just, I want to help people because there's so much need. And yes. the data indicates that everything from mental health statistics, uh, don't push me on exacts here. This is mostly me hearkening back through the endless <laughs> drove of headlines on, you know, latest uh, statistics says that 47% feel lonely or people in America feel lonely, 91%. Uh, the American women are unhappy with their body shape, yada, yada, mm -hmm. the list goes on. It's very evident that there's a, a tremendous need uh, on the consumer side, yeah. rather the individual side with really polishing what I think to be, you might even argue it's four domains, but three domains principally. One is getting your internal state rights, sorting the mental health issues that stem from the, uh, the self-consciousness that a lot of people experience, particularly those that live in social media as they play mm -hmm. the upward comparison game as we compare ourselves to Kim Kardashian and Brad Pitt's prime, et cetera. And that has a dramatically terrible effect on our mental health state. And then, you know, the other two typically seem to be uh, physical in nature. One, the individual can control through exercise, that sort of thing, and working mm -hmm. to look their best. But then when that fails, that's where we really come in and can help aid the individual with getting to whatever goal they have. Maybe it's reducing uh, tummy fat, lifting uh, skin in various areas of the body, et cetera, et cetera. So I imagine that your story, your inception, your genesis into the world of beauty is fairly similar to a lot of the folks that are, again, in the industry. So that's very cool uh, for you to have shared that. Um, this might be a bit of a dumb question given the fact that the answer seems to be obvious, but I'm curious why do you say in the industry, there are an infinite number of industries that you could work in? Why stay in beauty? What has compelled you to stick around in this world? Do share. Yeah, no, I mean, no, it's not, it's definitely not a dumb question. It's, um, and it, I think it's a, it's somewhat of an interesting answer. I think that I like to stay in the beauty industry, you know, as opposed to being more conventionally in the health, you know, and wellness industries, which is where, you know, I have my education and my background. 
But I think that I come at the beauty industry and I'm seeing this more and more as a trend in the industry, which is really exciting. Um, I definitely come at beauty from, you know, a more unconventional perspective, um, which I think is why I also align so much with our mission at Artemis. Um, you know, in my time working in the fashion industry, I saw, you know, firsthand how toxic this kind of singular, unattainable, impossible body ideal is. Um, and I think that I come at the beauty space from more of a position of empowerment. Um, for me, beauty is really all about confidence, health, as well as total mind-body wellness. So mental health included, physical health included, but also that, like you said, that the importance of that self-confidence can't be overstated. Um, so for me, I'm really all about these modalities that help my clients achieve all of those things and also help them to create the body that they want and not the body that someone else is telling them that they should want. So, you know, for me, looking at all of those factors, um, you know, that's, that's really my favorite part about being in this industry is that, you know, I'm seeing a lot of those trends starting to emerge. And also, you know, a part of this industry that's so gratifying for me is the stories that come from it. You know, the stories that come from my clients, um, as you know, and as you've probably heard and seen, you know, because of the transformations that these clients undergo, it's really emotional. It gets very, very impactful. Um, and it, it really does have such an impact on these clients' lives, but also the business owners that I'm able to work with and work really closely with. It has such an impact on their business and on their life as a result. So sort of seeing that trickle down effect is, is so amazing. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm still in the industry is that I'm really liking the direction that we're moving in. I'm, I'm really loving the more holistic approach that I'm seeing being employed more and more and the more health centric, non-invasive approach that I'm seeing um, and the more body positive and powered sort of um, instead of looking at it as a singular sort of ideal of beauty, looking at it as this sort of personalization that I think is amazing, where we're empowering our clients to, you know, if they love their hips, then they keep those hips. But if they are worried about some, you know, excess pockets of fat in the tummy, or in, you know, the inner thighs, then we can help them to customize their body to a body that they feel really confident in, as opposed to, you know, the cookie cutter, um, for example. So I think that that's sort of why I've stayed. I think it's even deeper than that too. If we think about the, the seemingly endless list of problems that plague the planet, water scarcity, food shortages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is maybe a bit of a philosophical reach. I think the reason why perhaps it is such that we're not knocking off some of those problems on that list faster is people lack confidence. Mm -hmm. And the lack of confidence oftentimes stems from how they feel when they look in the mirror. So I think I'm with you in the sense that being able to help propagate beauty, help people feel more confident in their skin, it's, it's much deeper than just helping someone feel good. It leads to them being able to do more good. And ultimately, uh, I think in the, the more uh, reaching uh, case, let's say, it empowers them to tackle bigger problems that they, uh, than they would ordinarily be willing to face because now they have an extra boost of confidence and that kind of thing, which is part of the reason why I'm excited to continue in the industry. Um, frankly, probably forever because I love it. I'm with you. I love yeah. the industry. 
Very cool. Um, well, we typically budget 30-ish, 20-ish minutes for the, uh, the podcast. So why don't we get into uh, some things that are a little less quasi-philosophical and more into uh, <laughs> tactical things in the sort. Sure. So why don't we talk briefly about trends that you're seeing emerge, and then uh, we'll pivot from there. So what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the industry the more you do research on it? Yeah, definitely. So what we're really seeing now is, you know, an emergence of less is more in the beauty industry. So we're really seeing the advent of more consumers that are opting for more minimally, minimally invasive um, treatments that, you know, we coined this, we didn't coin this term, but this is a term that's been coined recently called tweakments. So there is that more heavy focus on personalization, less of that cookie cutter sort of application. Um, but people are just looking for things that are, don't have downtime, you know, something they can do on their lunch break, something that, you know, they don't have to take time out of their life to recover from, um, something that's not going to adversely affect their health. Um, we are also starting to see more of a trend towards just, and from a marketing perspective, we're definitely seeing trends in the beauty industry that are focusing more on inclusivity, on body positivity and empowerment. Um, which I really love to see, as, as I mentioned before, those are some of you know my goals to bring some more of that energy to the industry. But other things from a consumer perspective we're seeing are, as I mentioned, speed and accessibility is really coming into play now. I also think that, you know, as far as we're talking about trends that are emerging, it's a little too early to say for sure what the real impacts of the pandemic will be on the beauty industry. I mean, I know that, you know, currently bouncing back from quarantine, you know, there's been all of these terms thrown around the quarantine 15, um, you know, losing that, um, whatever you've accumulated from such a sedentary lifestyle that none of us are really used to. Um, but I can definitely hypothesize that a few trends are going to emerge. So I definitely think that, you know, post pandemic, and even just in the now, consumers are going to be really looking for more treatments that are not only aesthetic, but have that benefit of being a combo of like a health and an aesthetic service. So for example, you know, I can give the example of the CryoSkin 4.0, which offers static slimming with the additional benefit of eSTEM for lymphatic drainage and increased circulation. So that's great for your overall health. Um, same thing with the endosphere. It has the aesthetic benefit of reducing cellulite, but it has so many health benefits. So I think that, you know, consumers are really going to be looking into more of those combo treatments, um, you know, as they're trying to sort of bolster up their immune system and their general health. I also think that consumers are going to be a little bit more concerned about investing money into technologies that, you know, won't produce the results that they're looking for. So they're likely to want to invest in, you know, technologies that are less invasive, but are proven, highly effective, and less risky treatments. Um, because I think people are just generally going to be a little bit more careful with where they put their cash after COVID. Yeah, I think consumers, to your point, are uh, leery of the scalpel. We can see a directional trend away from uh, liposuction being the king choice for, uh, for fat reduction and more of a move towards non-invasive body contouring. It's the fastest growing field in cosmetic dermatology, uh, or so the literature mm -hmm. seems to indicate. And I think uh, yeah. on the, uh, the, the business side, the business owner side, 
there's a general uh, increase in skepticism of efficacy of devices as more and more devices emerge, touting to be the next best thing. This thing works and makes you taller. <laughs> it cures blindness. It makes you look like Angelina Jolie. And oftentimes yeah. <laughs> it's not the case. It's just not the case. A lot of hype, a lot of over-promising and under-delivering, which is something we adamantly oppose. But in any case, in any case, so I think as a segue, actually, this takes us where um, I'm, I'm fairly interested in chatting with you and that you, uh, you do seem to have your nose in the literature uh, quite often and are pretty privy to a lot of the different devices out there. Uh, So I figured we'd spend the balance of our time today doing a sort of a buyer's guide of sorts. Um, So really there are four, for the listeners, there are four primary uh, mechanisms of action or modalities for body contouring from cryolipolysis, lasers, high-intensity focus, electromagnetic field, radio frequency, and high-intensity focus ultrasound. So, Delaney, I was hoping that you'd be able to share some insights for uh, prospective uh, well, listeners that might be in the, uh, the market for acquiring any new sort of device, whatever it may be, for body, for cellulite, for facials, whatever, um, in terms of where you would turn to for getting insights on whether the devices are effective or not. So maybe some, uh, some sources of info that you turn to often for getting spun up on latest products, uh, the latest products that emerge and that sort of thing. This sort of is a sort of uh, a compass or buyer's guide for folks. So here's the question succinctly. <laughs> Where do you tend to go? <laughs> Where do you tend to go when you're looking to do research on a new device or uh, modality? Do you have a go-to source of info that the listeners could turn to as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I would say my constant go-to is just to literally go to good old Google and search for, you know, clinical study or scientific rationale with the name of the product that I'm searching for. Um, That way I can really make sure that I'm getting completely objective info because sometimes what you'll see is, especially when we're doing, when I'm looking into different products in in a comparison. So for example, if I was going to compare laser lipo with, you know, a, with an ultrasound, for example, for body contouring, you'll see that many times when you Google that you will come upon pages that are leaning in a certain way because they're offering one of the two services and they're trying to posit it against each other. So there's always going to be pros and cons to any modality that you're going to offer. The one thing I will say from a body contouring perspective and something I've actually been doing a lot of deep diving into recently is that it seems that especially with the advent and the continuous um, sort of improvement of these, this technology and these types of devices, it really does seem like cryo-based fat reduction is the sort of industry standard and produces the best results with the least amount of risk. Um, from my research and just from reviewing a lot of research, research about it, as far as, you know, in a comprehensive review of cryolipolysis as it relates to, you know, other aesthetic procedures. Um, that's just one thing that I, I will sort of emphasize to the listeners. Um, another thing, though, is just to consider the, the level of invasiveness, right? So, you know, there are different mechanisms, even in all of the devices that are touting fat loss. They're using different mechanisms to achieve that fat loss. So, you know, for example, with 
whole-based or cryo-based um, fat loss devices, we're looking at the process of apoptosis, which is, you know, a naturally occurring process in the body, and it doesn't produce an inflammatory response on a cellular level. Instead, it's more of a breakdown of the fat cells, and then your immune cells in your lymphatic system act as vacuums, and they, you know, pick that up, and they flush it out of your body naturally. So apoptosis is a naturally occurring process. We're just inciting it on a localized scale in the fat cells, whereas some of these other procedures, just depending on the application, could produce a process called necrosis, which is a different type of destruction of the fat cell, um, but it's a little bit more volatile. So it's more of the fat cell sort of rupturing and its contents exploding. So it's a little bit more inflammatory. So I would just really urge any practitioner, do your research prior to implementing a device and always do your research on what the actual method is of you know, your desired effect. Um, I would also say just from my, you know, my most recent research has really been specific to cellulite. And anytime that you're doing a cellulite treatment or you're thinking about offering a cellulite modality, make sure that it's really addressing cellulite at its root cause. You know, there are so many different causes to cellulite, which is just incredible because you know it's estimated you know 90 percent of women have cellulite but it's actually estimated based on the experts that there are more um but the thing is is that so much of it is caused by stagnation of lymphatic toxins stagnation of fluids so you have to make sure that any cellulite treatment that you're going to bring in any modality has an impact on those systems as well so yeah i always just recommend you know read those clinical studies, look up the, you know, aesthetic journals and really, you know, go in depth and always, always, always check where your information is coming from. Make sure that you're reading objective information. That's my, my biggest tip. And that's hard to find because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that a lot of these entities, these websites, et cetera, are, are pitting two products against each other with an obvious bias in mind. So it's, yes. it's imperative that you have a number of sources that you can turn to that are as unbiased and objective as possible. One that I tend to turn to reliably is pubmed.gov, mm-hmm. National Library of Medicine. Uh, folks might get a, a kick out of reading through the journal or the literature there. Uh, there's quite a bit of it. You'll need to set up for an account. I was going to say, uh, there's lots yeah, to choose there's from tons, there. There's tons, there's tons, but it's good to be informed and, and know. And ultimately, even if you go with a, a laser versus a say a RF based device, it's good to know what the other products do so that you can consult your customers intelligently and make sound uh, recommendations based on their needs and that sort of thing. Very cool. Well, Delaney, we are getting the hook on time here today. So why don't we start uh, parking the car, so to speak? Um, Are there any sorts of pro tips or other general advice that you would share with our listeners uh, as it pertains to looking at products, specifically continuing the theme of this buyer's guide uh, sort of bits, is there anything that you would say you would keep an eye out for as you look at products or considerations that you would make or anything related? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I would say for any owners that are looking to integrate multiple modalities, I would definitely focus on how those modalities can complement one another. So definitely, you know, you want to make sure that you're not integrating too many modalities that do the same thing, because obviously you don't want to cannibalize your business in that way. So, you know, for example, if you have something like a cryo skin, which is a really great fat loss device, you don't necessarily, you know, want or need to add on multiple fat loss devices. Instead, what you should be doing or what you could be doing is looking for different products that offer complementary benefits. So for example, for cryoskin, as we know, lymphatic drainage is so important. So you might want to add a lymphatic drainage modality. Um, we also know that cryoskin complements really well with, um, you know, any other sort of toning procedures. We do have a toning offering with cryoskin. Um, but, you know, so I would just really make sure that you are offering complementary services so that instead of needing to send your client out to an external studio or you're recommending treatments that they would do externally of you, that it can really be that one-stop shop for them for total body health and wellness. I would also say always make sure that you're integrating modalities that are tested and effective, you know, and definitely make sure that you're investing in quality training for your staff, um, making sure that your staff continue their education constantly. Um, I can't emphasize that enough for any modality, regardless of how simple it might seem, you can never learn too much about the background or be reminded of how to apply it too many times. Um, I would also say, you know, as we talked about the trends we're seeing in the field, looking into products that confirm multiple benefits um, and also just emphasize an empowered approach to beauty. Love it. Love it. Love it. And if you're completely clueless as to where to start, as there's so many options out there to choose from, simple tip, ask your customers. Ultimately, it's about serving them as best you can and delivering the value that they want and need. And uh, you'll find that they're more often than not willing to tell you what they want. Uh, but also bear in mind as well that Henry Ford said, if he had asked his customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse when uh, he had the Model <laughs> T. So don't forget that either. There are always new, innovative, disruptive technologies that uh, your customers aren't aware of that uh, would be of high value to them. So in any case, we are out of time. Delaney, thank you for joining. Before we say goodbye and uh, slam the car into park here, how can our listeners connect with you, find you, uh, Twitter you, Facebook you, whatever. What are the uh, channels to get in touch with you if they want to do so? Yeah, for sure. So um, they can always email me, um, you know, training at artemisdistribution.com if they have any other questions. They can also find me on LinkedIn at Delaney Allen Mills. Outstanding. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Body Beauty Show with Austin Evans and Delaney Allen Mills. Have a great day.